views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Good morning, Southern Arizona and the rest of you out there in cyberspace. Welcome to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here in beautiful Tucson, Arizona. A little cool out there this morning. Nothing to worry about. It, it is a doable weather that you can go out. It's, of course, it's still a little bit dark. I had a big full moon. And uh, that was nice when I was down feeding my mules. So life is good. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, along with me riding shotgun as usual. This morning is Mr. Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing for all your towing needs. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, everybody out there in cyberspace. And happy Saturday morning. Remember, I'm on the radio, as I say it every week. Get tired of it, but I'm going to keep saying it. It's Super Safe Saturday, and that means slow down and move over. Watch for your pedestrians. Watch for the bicyclists. It's dark out there right now, just as Jerry said. So watch for bicyclists out there on the on the street. Weather's getting nicer. It's going to be a nice day today. More people are going to be out. We've got the gym show going on. Uh, there's tons of traffic out there, people walking, so don't. Keep your eyes on the road. Don't be looking at the at the passers-by. Don't be looking at the gyms on the street. If you're working on your cars, be sure to be safe. That means use jack stands and hood props and disconnect your batteries, safety glasses, and no long shirts if you're working in a running vehicle. Um, for your paint, like Jerry always tells you, make sure you cover your fenders in case you want to spill something on your fenders like battery uh, brake fluid. I did that, and I had a, I had a new paint job coming to me. So <laughs> make sure you do all those things, or try to do those anyways. Just be safe out there, folks. And good morning, Jerry. Good morning. Well, I I was doing research, and of course, you know, most of the time I just I sit there and I I check stuff out, and I read some of the news blurbs that make good sense to me, and the things that get my attention. The one that got my attention this week, I thought, if you want a protest in a world, just go ahead and follow this one. You will have a protest. There was a study in Canada, and they decided that maybe a ban on coffee. (laughs) I seen that. I said, you got to be kidding me. I get up and do a show on Saturday morning. I've got to have my coffee. Most people get started with a cup of coffee. And I'm and they're talking about banning it because it could be better for the environment because of toxins <laughs> when you when you're brewing it. And I'm thinking it's not cowboy coffee. I mean that that stuff's enough to pour on top of a battery, clean a battery and you know, start the vehicle probably. But the coffee ban. And I just thought that was are you kidding me? So for that, oh my gosh, and that that was my lead. That was my lead off for this morning. The coffee ban. They're looking at a coffee ban because a study done in Canada, and I've got the article, the complete article, but it's too long to read, and there's too much 
uh, El Toro Caca involved in it. Um, but uh, for somebody, you, you know, that would lead to a not safe Saturday. I can imagine people not having coffee would be some angry, angry drivers out there. So maybe Javier over at uh, Iron Road Collision would enjoy the crashes that would be coming. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, maybe I'd get a little work. But um, I'm thinking that would be a bad, bad idea. I can imagine that people starting their day and, uh, and being that angry on the road. So let's not, let's not do well, that. Let's do it. Let's don't say we did. I don't know. There you go. I, I just I, I don't think that I don't know what they were thinking. But then again, I'm stuck at, with think, questions like that every day of the week. So, you know, the the other one I thought was kind of cool is Mercedes Benz is uh, is has the only approved tested. Uh, autonomous driving driving car, and it's coming across, and it'll be here in 2024. It's approved to be used in the U.S. of A. It is already approved to be fully tested in Nevada, and they're looking to expand to California. Now, the here here's the thing on this: it's got a 40 mile per hour. It will control everything to 40 mile per hour. And I'm going, this is, I mean, <laughs> okay. So it'll drive any any situation, anything, up to 40 mile per hour. And then you have to have a driver, and the driver has to be able to recognize, the, you know, when it quits doing its thing. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. You talking about getting work for <laughs> Spectra Minor Road Collision and Frontier Towing? Holy cow! You've got one vehicle, and it, it is currently being tested out and has been approved for sale in the U.S. of A. as a certified uh, drive-it-yourself car, or it will drive itself car, autonomous driver or autonomous car is what you call. But I'm going holy. Cal, but then I, when I read and it said, yeah, up to 40 mile per hour, 40 mile per hour, you can't even go down golf links at 40 mile per hour. You know, somebody run over you. They run you over. But anyway, I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just thought that was pretty amazing. But, you know, you were talking about uh, the uh, gym show being in Tucson, Arizona. Buddy, I'm telling you. You know, that gem show brings millions of dollars into this place. They have to because your hotel rooms tripled in rates. You've got a NASCAR race that's coming, uh, what is it, two weekends from now? No, Super Bowl. Super Bowl's coming up. So you got the Super Bowl. you got the uh, a golf tournament coming to Tucson. You know, so hotel rates and they're, I mean, stuff that used to be a $110 or $350 now, and there's no rooms left. I mean, there was, uh, I understand one of my clients over at the shop, one, they come in and they're from out of state and they brought their vehicle in and they tried to go ahead and rent a hotel room because they had severe stuff to be done on it. 
and they found they found one location and it was not the top of the line hotel and that thing was like a hundred and a minimum of a hundred and seventy five for one room. And I'm going, wow. But that's been going and you got the Tucson Rodeo coming in. So we've got a lot of traffic, a lot of out of town drivers. You're gonna to have to put your cell phones in the back seat or the trunk and drive these cars. The crazy drivers, I, well, I shouldn't call them crazy drivers, the inattentive drivers, the ones that don't pay attention, are out there in full force. I've run across <laughs> I've run across them this past week. The entire week I've seen stuff and I'm going, you got to be kidding me. I mean, I, I'm used to it. I expect it. But when I look at it and I'm going, really? I wonder where they got their driver's license out of a Cracker Jack's box. You know, uh, we're, you know, they had, we used to say, oh, he must have got their license at Sears where you just walk in and get your license. But <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, people, be careful. It is a mess. I mean, you could be driving down uh, and speed limit would be 40 mile an hour and you'll have somebody running 15 mile an hour and you can sit there. The reason they're driving 15 mile an hour because they're looking to the right hand side in the shopping centers to see if they want to go in there and they're just and, and they're in the middle of traffic, heavy traffic. I said, oh my gosh. Well, I guess Javier Spectrum and Jim at Frontier Towing is going to be busy now. And this is going to go on for through February, at least through February. But uh, the gym show, I guess, is pretty impressive. You were talking about the traffic. Um, I mean, if you can catch a bus or a shuttle or something to go to these gym shows that they've got all over Tucson, um, do it. Stay out of the traffic as much as you possibly can. And remember... People are going to be walking. There's people that come in from countries that I don't think know what jaywalking is because they sure do do a lot of it here in Tucson. In the evening when the sun goes down and people are out there with uh, dark sweatshirts on and Levi's and no flashlights and they're a poor lidded area, and they just think, well, you know, there's no traffic coming right now, so I'll just go ahead and walk across the street so they'll go bebopping across the street at less than a half of one half of a mile per hour and all of a sudden and you can't see them because you've got lights on the car and your eyes are not adjusted to seeing that little object so be careful oh my gosh you know i mean not that that just happened to me uh, only once this week and um just just be careful you know when you're right right, you you say that people are, you know, people are walking, you know, at the gym show. It's not like you get a park right next to the front door. You get a park miles away because it's there's so much going on. You have to park and walk. So even if you did want to drive close, you can't because there's no place to park. So walking is a necessity or scootering or whatever whatever people use so yeah so ever there the foot traffic is really high even if you're over here by us on Kino and you got to walk around you know you got to park in the back and walk you know a half a mile to get to the event so even if you're in a parking lot you know arguing over which is the best space because I know that argument comes into play arguing over the best space that you should take um 
remember, there are people walking in and around cars and darting in and out and kids running around. They ain't paying attention, so they're not on leashes, folks. They, they, people don't keep them on leashes, although sometimes I wish they would. But, uh, but yeah, um, it's got to watch out for that stuff, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's kind of funny when you stop and think about it. But it's not funny at all when you can look at the ramifications of one of these deals. Uh, the right. speed limit's in a parking lot. Even though it's not posted, people, the speed limit is five miles an hour. Uh, you know, and I've seen people that'll spot an uh, open parking space, and they accelerate up to about 40 miles an hour so they can get to that parking space before the other person can get there. That works out fine as long as you're the only one in the parking lot looking for that parking space or the only car in the parking lot. But a lot of fender benders happen in parking lots from grocery stores, from the, your big box stores, uh, doctor's offices, hospitals. And, uh, oh, my Lord, uh, just slow down. Slow down. You know, give yourself a break. Make February, uh, safe travel day, the entire month. And please, texting and driving doesn't work. They've already proved that. They've done proved it a gazillion times. I talked to Javier and asked him how many vehicles come in. It is so bad that he can tell you whether or not the people were texting and driving when he can look at the car. He'll tell you because the rear end collisions, I mean, just stuff that don't even make sense. And it's just, oh, it's texting and driving. Well, now they can go ahead and open your phone and find out what you were doing. It's against the law to talk on a cell phone unless you've got a speaker inside or you've got some kind of a hands-free speaking system like most of your late model cars have now. Um, the only time you can touch that phone is when you disconnect, when you shut it off or you turn it on, you hit one button, then it has to go to the automatic. And, uh, oh my gosh, you don't have to take my word for it. Next time you're out there driving, you just pay attention to the cars, the ones that are moving over about a foot into your lane, and then they slow down. And they're in a fast lane. The left-hand lane is normally for speed and left-hand turns in the city. Out on the freeway, the left-hand lane is a passing lane. You don't get on the freeway in the left-hand lane and run 60 mile an hour. You get in the right-hand. There's two more lanes on the right side you should be able to get in. That'll get you done. Because I'm telling you, nobody on the freeway drives 60 miles an hour. I mean, if you do, you need to be in the right two lanes because in the left lane, the people coming through at about, what, 85, Jim? Uh, at least. <laughs> Maybe more. Yeah. I mean, they come by so fast they can scorch the paint on your car. And it's just, it's dangerous. And what makes it dangerous is actually the nut behind the wheel. If you're driving defensively, you drive that son of a gun like you were driving out on a racetrack with about 35 other cars around you at 65, 75, 105, 
you, it's a full-time driver. How many guys text while they're driving on a, uh, on a track like Tucson Speedway? Oh, Tucson Speedway. I've got two tickets for callers one and two. Tucson Speedway, phone number here is 520-719-1490. That's two family four-packs, and it's good for two days. They've got a Chili Willy program going this weekend that they have annually for quite a while. And these tickets will cover you for Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, the gates open at – here, let me let me check my notes, make sure I get everything because it's different. It, it's opened on uh, it's one, o'clock, 1 o'clock on Saturday, the gates open, and on Sunday, it's 2 o'clock. Oh, I'm, no, I'm sorry, noon. It's noon on Sunday, 1 o'clock on Saturday, and that's for the Chili Willie program. So you're going to see some good day racing. The weather should be good, uh, and the tickets, you know, the, these tickets, if you had to buy them, well, you're going to spend a bunch of money because the the, the tickets used to be about probably 65 It's a $65 value for one of these tickets. And I've got four to give away. i got two this hour. Callers one and two. Phone number again, 520-719-1490. You call them. They'll take your information, transfer it over to me, and I'll, your tickets will be at the week, uh, recall. Recall at, at, at the it's a ticket booth on top of the hill to the right from the main ticket booth, and it's a week. Uh, what am I looking for? Geez, let me have another set of Java. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks a lot, Jim. You're supposed to bail me out. Um, you're, well, you're you're it, looking it, for you're looking for the four pack tickets at the at the, uh, at the grandstand uh, ticket booth is where you go. The, the, yeah, the one there. just before you go through the gate. Yeah, you go through the gate. You All see right. the girl, the anyway. girl in the officer. You see the girl in the officer, and she'll help now you that, out. She knows. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it is located. Uh, I actually wrote down an address on it. It's on South Harrison Road. If you have to Google it to get there, and a lot of people in town are going to have to Google it to get there. Drive to drive towards uh, the fairgrounds. You'll see the signs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and you know you what? Get to it. And if what? you have directions, if you have directions for us, seven one nine fourteen ninety. Call in and bail Jerry out on this program because um, if, if you're going and you can tell him exactly what needs to happen, seven one nine fourteen ninety. Call us up and tell us how how we're messing up. So we're happy for that, right? Yes, yeah, at eleven eleven nine fifty five South Harrison Road. If you're going down Harrison, but you got to wiggle in. Best way to do it is go straight down Houghton, pass I-10, go down to Dawn, D-A-W-N Road, right beside of the drag strip, hang a right, and go to the first curve, and you can't miss it. It's on the right-hand side. It's huge. So I remember Houghton Road. You'll have fun. And Houghton Road's got a little <laughs> construction on it, so watch for the barriers when you drive out there. There's a little bit. They're still widening that road a little bit, so... Um, you can well, they're, going still, off uh, they're widening roads all around Tucson. I'll be, I'll be glad when you get back to patching potholes, though. There are some serious uh, road issues in Tucson now. And I, I only won't, if you I drive won't, on I'm them. Not, this is like, what? 
Only if you drive on them. They're only serious if you drive on them. Oh, wait, that's all of us. Dang. I hate when that happens. <laughs> You're right, Jerry. There are a ton of potholes out there. <laughs> There's a ton of potholes out there, and uh, you should be uh, cognizant of, of where you're driving. Because even if it doesn't look like a, a big pothole, trust me, it is. It it will it will Don't, wreak havoc on your suspension. I hit one Monday, and it was so hard and it shook so bad. The first thing I did look up in the rear view mirror to see if I had any parts laying in the road behind me. <laughs> and that, I'm not kidding. It rattled it. And now it's got a little bit of pull to the right-hand side. So I've got to take it in and have it aligned. And you can get alignments done, people. You can get good alignments, four-wheel alignments. Most of these cars are independent suspension now. So when you get an alignment, it's no longer one of these 2995s. It, that sucker can cost you up to about $250, depending on what kind of movement has been done on that car and how long it's been since you had it checked. Uh, you can get that done at Parker Automotive, 5101 East Speedway. You can get it done at Brian Fuller's place over on um, Ina Road. Uh, Brian's uh, is da, 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 3611 West Ina Road. Uh, Brian's phone number is 572-1734, prefix is 520, and Brian's cell number is 237-3852. You can get it aligned at uh, uh, Parker Automotive. Uh, they're located, like I said, 5101 East Speedway. Their phone number is 520-323-1960, and you can go to Parker AutoAZ.com for any more information on them. You can go to AutomotiveSpecialistAZ.com for Automotive Specialist. And you spell it out, Automotive Specialist AZ, small letter AZ.com, and you can be, or Automotive Specialist, and you'll, everything pops up now, so it's good to go. But Or you can get it done at Simmons. All of us have the big machines that will do four-wheel alignments and anything else you ask it to. It looks like something come down from space as far as a, its personal appearance. Um, the only thing basic on it is the big alignment rack that's a monster. But um, get them checked. You're supposed to get the front end alignment checked at least once a year. In Tucson... About once every 90 days, depending on how you drive and what you hit. That's your responsibility. You know when you hit something, you can feel it. That's when your teeth try to come out of the top of the head and the seat belts activate. <laughs> you know you done hit a hard one. You know that. Uh, do that, and uh, you'll, you'll, you'll save some tires. Your rideability be better. You get that thing realigned so it goes down a road without putting additional stress on undercarriage parts. And remember, these vehicles are lighter. They shock is what takes it when you hit that hole and it shocks the system. That's when you get the damage done. When you hit a curb, like we discussed on tires where you scrub the sidewalls, uh, if you hit one that hard, my daughter hit a curb. And it blew it off the rim, blew the tire off the rim. I said, what were you doing? Were you sliding around a corner and bumped the curb or something? That's about all the only way I know that it can do. She said, no, Dad, I was driving out of a parking lot. I said, oh, okay. So it happens. But just get them checked, save you money, 
save you fuel economy because a properly aligned vehicle is easier to roll down the road. It takes less energy, i.e. gasoline and fuel, to get it to where you're going as long as the front end is aligned and aligned properly. So, and check your tires while, have them check your tires while they're there. Or you check your tires. Have somebody check your tires. <laughs> You'll be good. You, you, you know, you talk about that hitting the pothole, Jerry. It used to be in the old days, you'd, I mean, don't get me wrong. You hit a pothole with a car and it's, it's, it's gonna, it takes a, it's a lot of force on a car. It's a lot of brute force. 40 miles, 30, 40 miles an hour. The, uh, Compressing the suspension, it it does a lot of it puts the suspension in a lot of unique positions. But you know, it used to be that the the if if you hit the curb or whatever, it would it would run the pressure through the tie rod ends of the drag link up to the steering gear, right? And that's a big you know hydraulic gearbox. But today they're electric, they're electric rack and pinions. I I they don't take much to throw them out of whack. Those little electric gears are don't take hits well and i bet you if you've talked to javier over at uh, at iron road collision you would he would tell you that those little electric uh, steering gears rack and pinions in cars today are very sensitive to the that type of damage that it throws them out the little sensors in there no it can't see the center point anymore it it, it can't tell you the correct turning radius like because the computer's got to read everything on the car. God knows. We just told you about the Mercedes that's going to drive you around. Good Lord, you're not even allowed to drive the car anymore. So the a little electric steering gears, which are what, Jerry, $2,000, $2,500? They're horribly expensive, and it doesn't take anything to throw one of them out of whack. So I've seen it. I've towed a bunch of them to, to shops, and, they're, and the first thing they do, they throw it up on the rack and go, oh, look, the gear's loose. I mean, the gear is loose. Yeah, the steering gear is broken, or it's cracked, or it's it's off a tooth, or there's something wrong inside because because it it's designed to turn the car, not take it through a crash. And um, so right. when you're if you hit a curb and, and you're late model vehicles, it, it it is really critical to get that checked because the last thing you want to do. <laughs> Because I don't know if anybody's experienced, but I have drive down the road and have that thing lock on you, and then you you can't turn it one way or the other, and you're it's you're, you're now a passenger in a in a vehicle that you can't control. And that's a that's a really really bad feeling to have. So because now you're just looking for a place to yes. well do less damage as you crash yep. into. That's right. Pick something cheap to hit, <laughs> which ain't anything. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I I just, vehicles talking to, uh, who was it? I think it was uh, Parker Automotive. And he said that people need, oh, oh, here it is. Hot topic in automotive repairs, electronic diagnostics and repairs, and complete abandonment of maintenance, both basic and preventive maintenance. I read a huge article on those. And, you know, people are better at changing their uh, oil, or, you know, supposed to be. Uh, They're getting them done closer to the time intervals that you're supposed to, which is a good thing. Uh, You have most of the vehicles on the late model stuff is running synthetics now. So you got a little bit of leeway there. It don't uh, break down quite as quick. And 
but you have to stay with it. You just have to stay with it for more than one reason. If you've got a new car and you don't maintain your car, according to the owner's manual, they'll void your darn warranty. And when you pay that $2,000 extra, $1,800 to $3,500 extra for warranties and extended warranties, that don't mean that you can just tear it all to crap and then take it in they're going to fix it. That means that you have a responsibility. You know, if you have a collision, um, you've got insurance for it. Uh, a lot of people, because of the cost of insurance now, they've uh, reduced their insurance once the vehicle is paid for. If it's financed, you've got to have full coverage. If it's not financed, you pay cash for it. You you have the option. You can put the, the legal liability in the state of Arizona on it. But if you do that, you make sure you've got medical coverage on the other people. Everything's got to be there. You get a hold of a good insurance agent, and you make sure that you're covered for catastrophic-type stuff. If you want to go ahead and spend another $50,000 for a vehicle, cash, because you didn't want to put the insurance on it to protect it, uh, that's, 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 that's up to you. But you've got to have liability insurance. And don't kid yourself. Not everybody driving in Tucson even has a driver's license, let alone insurance on them. That's the reason you have your hit and runs. A lot of your hit and runs. Some of them are just so drunk they can't stop. But uh, there's there's a lot of factors involved in this stuff. Don't play games. If you've got it and you want to hang on to it and you want to save some money, you got to put insurance on it. Same way with fire insurance on your home. It's just part of this. It's just part of it. If you got it, you finance it, you own it, you insure it. That's just that's part of it. And when you're buying a vehicle, you make sure that you have the uh, your good insurance on it to protect it. Because even at ten grand or twelve grand or fifteen grand, that's still a lot of money. If you're driving it and you drive it off the car lot and you're going home with your new pre-owned vehicle, and you crash it, and the only insurance you have on it is the other policy that you had on your other car, and it has liability only. That's the insurance that's going to be covering your car while you drive that son of a gun home. You crash it, you total it out, they write your check. Uh, No, they don't even write your check. You're on your own. So you just blew whatever you just bought that amount of money, and you've got to replace it. So get your insurance on these things. And don't assume when you get in a car wreck, don't assume that other person has insurance. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people driving that don't have a driver's license. I know that because we run an ad for a driver at the shop. This was a few years ago. Well, you know, a five, something like that. We got 42 people applying for the job. We had one that had a driver's license, and all of them drove down to the building to put in the application. So I, I just, it just floored me. I thought, oh, my gosh, because I'm one, and, you know, if my driver's license expires, I panic until it's, it's, it's back up. In fact, I don't do nothing. Try to catch a ride down to the motor vehicle department, just paranoid. Because they're going to be looking, if you get in a wreck, they're going to be looking at driver's license. They're going to be looking at your insurance to make sure you have insurance on it because that's a law also. And what gets me is the ones that don't have it. 
it, the penalties are not that bad. I mean, driver's license? Oh, yeah, well, what are you going to do, take my driver's license? I don't have one anyway, and I'm not going to quit driving. I'm going, boy, that's that's some wild, wild opinions on this stuff. But um, And then I had a guy tell me, well, the driver's license don't help you drive better. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's take, a good one. <laughs> take it. That's Take, a good one. Yeah. I got to remember. Well, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, you just, it's amazing what, what, what you hear over the lifetime of being at Simmons Enterprises for 47 years. But uh, it, it, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. P- people can justify anything. Driving drunk. Oh, I'm not drunk. I only had six beers. Oh, Okay. How about driving impaired? How about texting? You know, there, there's a, a survey went out, and a person 17 years old texting has the same reaction time as a 70-year-old driving. So you go from 17 to 70 in your attention span. And then, of course, you've got a lot of senior citizens out there said, I'm a good driver. I'm a good driver. Yeah, you are. You, your reflexes are slowed down. You need to know that. You need to accept that because it's just a biological fact. You're, you're <laughs> Why don't you have 70-year-old NASCAR drivers? Because by the time they decide to put the brake on, they've done run over a half a dozen cars. <laughs> and... All of a sudden, the turns come up quicker than you anticipated. You're, you're, it's a thought process. And if you take a 70-year-old, and if they're texting while driving, what, time, what kind of a reaction time do they have? You have a phone call. People, there's nothing you're going to do while you're driving a car with, when a text comes in. The average response time on a text is 13 minutes. In 13 minutes, you can cover half of Tucson. Find a parking lot, pull off, and if you if you can't stand it any longer, then go to your text and handle it. Um, but pull off and do it. Do it safely, especially this month of the year, because we have everything in the world going on, and we have every just about every state, most of the countries involved in it now. And if you've ever driven in um, Thailand or Japan and tried to drive their traffic, and then you come to the U.S., and you're going to take that driving skill and apply it to U.S., that means you're going to hit the horn and drive around. Uh, turn signals are not thought of. You just, you just toot the horn and drive on around. I'm telling you, if that won't scare you to death when you're used to driving the way you're supposed to, that will get your attention. You will be a nervous wreck by the time you get out of that cab. So just got to drive safe, people. Got to drive safe. All right. Another it, question I had. Well, it's, Go ahead. Hang on a second. It's funny, it's funny you mentioned the texting. Um, people always, they'll text me and say, well, you didn't respond. Like, while well, I was driving. Well, you, you know, you should have responded. Um, and this is what I tell people. Okay, for me to respond to a phone, now if I, I have a hands-free so I can hit the button and answer the phone call. That's pretty easy. That's, and that's legal. But in order for me to 
text you back, I have to pull my phone out. I have to put on my glasses because I can't see the phone without my reading glasses on because I'm an old guy. Okay. <laughs> I have to, <laughs> I have to, now I have to swipe the phone to get it opened up or key in the code or, or hold it, you know, at such an angle that it can read my face. I have to hit the button where the text is at and then highlight the text so I can read it and then try and read it. That takes a minimum of five seconds if I'm sitting down. Five seconds. Traveling 40 miles an hour, that's, that's like three car, that's a three-car pileup. So I don't know who thinks you can just pull it. I mean, I see people do it all the time. they got it braced up on their steering wheel, and they're texting with their thumbs, and they're looking up and down, you know, thinking that they're the, you know, the cat's meow. But there's a point in time when your, your distraction on that phone is going to get you in a problem. And there ain't enough brakes on the planet that that are going to stop you when you crash into somebody. And it happens all the time. It happens. People drive without texting and still have collisions. It, because, right. because unknown unknown and unaware items, events occur. So you're driving down the road and, and somebody jumps out and walks in front of you in the street because they don't care. Because they have so little respect and so little courtesy for you that they're going to walk right in front of you. They're like, dare I dare you to hit me? You know, I I know it seems crazy, but they do it all the time. We all see it. Uh, you know, maybe you have the aggressive bicyclist who's like, I I dare you to hit me. Well, uh, you can be. That's a really stupid move, but it happens, and as us as drivers have to be aware of that. Oh yeah. The, oh, the yeah. guy, the guy, oh, yeah. the guy without the driver's license. You know, here, here's the problem with the guy without the driver's license. So we're driving down the road. We buy the car. We buy the insurance. We buy the registration. And we, and we drive responsibly so we keep our driving privilege. The guy without the driver's license has already determined that he, he doesn't need that privilege. So he doesn't care if he has a driver's license, which means he doesn't care if he has registration, he doesn't care if he has insurance, and he doesn't care if his car is fixed. Because he, what he knows is that when the car, if he gets stopped and they tow the car away or the car gets wrecked, he'll just go buy another one because he's never going to have a driver's license, he's never going to have any insurance, and he's never going to care about you on the road. And that's where the problem lies. The, man, the person within that mindset cares so little about the, the person that he's operating on the road with that he is the hazard. That's why they. That's why they tow the cars when you when you do stupid things. So, and folks, that's what you're driving up against. You're never going to make the guy without the driver's license care. He's not going to care if you get into a rack, and he's not going to care if he runs into you. Now he's going to care if you run into him because then he's going to he's going to feel entitled about all these things that you did to him. When in reality, he shouldn't even have been there. So, just. This is what I see on a daily basis. When you're, when you're out there, these are the battles that you're fighting. When you put the key in the car and you drive out your driveway, these are the battles you start with right off the bat. So that's why you have to be completely aware of everything before you, before you even get out the door. So adding, adding the driving, the drinking, the eating, the, the, the kids, all that on top of that just adds another layer of, oh, my gosh, to your car ride. So... And I, I know I sound I sound preachy to this, but it it's if you see it every day like I do, or as long as I have, or as long as Jerry has, you know, you just become amazed at 
it's it just continues. It all happens all, every day. It doesn't get any better. You know, we say it all the time, and not just us. Every every single police officer, every single law enforcement agency, every single news station, everybody all the time. There's so many public service messages about drinking and driving, distracted driving, you know, taking care of your vehicle. They're out there every single day of the week. It, it still happens because we still do the same stuff. So, and I'll keep telling you, you're, we're doing it wrong. So let's try today. Let's try and do it right. That's why I have Super Safe Saturday. Okay. Off the soapbox, Jerry. <laughs> well, I like that. No, it's a good information. That's good information. And we get so complacent when we drive. I mean, it reminds me of going on a, a long trip. If you're going on a long trip, people, drive two hours and switch drivers. Just drive two hours and switch drivers. The good thing to that, at the end of this trip, whether it be 800 miles, 400 miles, uh, when you get at the end of your trip, your destination, you still have energy. You're still feeling pretty doggone good. Now, I had the, I, I was one of those guys that used to jump in a truck and, and go up the road with 25,000 pounds behind me. And, yeah, I'd sit there and I'd cruise and I'd go, you know, we'd run up to about, you know, two and a half, three hours, and then we'd have to stop because the horses had to rest about 20 minutes, and then we'd fuel up, and then we'd go on in. And But I did those long runs. I'm driven up to five and a half hours at one time. And when you're towing and you've got that extra load and you've got the horses in the back, you got your family in the cab, uh, it's time to, if, if something happens on the side of the road, a crash, a fender bender, you can't be a gawker when you drive by. You've got to pay attention because that guy in front of you or the guy behind you is going to be watching what's going on that wreck. You just assume that's what's going to happen, and you plan accordingly. In other words, what's going to happen if that guy in front of me? Now, looking down at your text messages, you take your eyes off the road. At what point do you think you can take your eyes off the road and the guy in front of you is going to see something like a coyote run across the road or something like that and lock his brakes down? About the same time that you look down to see what's on your text message, that's when it's going to happen. That's when you run all over him. And guess what? It's your fault. It's your fault. You know, if he wants to stop a coyote, he has that privilege. You don't have the privilege of hitting him in the rear end. So this is what causes wrecks. Speeding, motorcycles coming in on the bike lane, passing on the right-hand side in the bike lane. and you can't even see them coming. With bicycles, coming home the other night, running down Old Spanish Trail, there was a guy riding on the outside of the white line that's designated for bicycles. Now, you got to remember, you're supposed to give them five feet. Uh, that doesn't always work unless you have to slow down. You have the option. Drivers, you have the option. You can continue on and say, well, he's out of his lane. I can go ahead and take him. No, you can't because if you hit that person and there is bodily harm, which it will be, uh, you're stuck in the road until all of your emergency vehicles get there, get this person picked up, hope like the Dickens he don't die. And it's you didn't save any time at all. 
slow down if you have to come to five miles an hour to get to a point where you can get across this, uh, around this guy because he's driving out of the Dern Lane on the right-hand side. It's worth it. You just slow down. Just say, well, that's a, that's a stupid bicyclist. That's a stupid driver, whatever. But slow down and take full control of the load, the vehicle, the family, and everything that you're driving. Because if you hit that person on that bike, they probably have relatives too. And it's just not worth the aggravation. It's not worth the stress. Uh, and then if, if they die, you're going to be listed in your brain as the person who actually run into a bicyclist and it uh, he passed away, and so you got to live with that the rest of your life. Even though they may say, "Well, it's not, it's not really your." I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't have prevented it. Oh yes, you can. You get on the doggone brakes, turn your emergency flasher. If you got a guy riding in the road up front of you, climbing a hill, uh, turn on your emergency flasher, slow that son of a gun down to let the people behind know that there's an issue up here. That's what all that fancy stuff in the vehicle is for. When you get that new vehicle, look for the flasher. Look for the flasher in a new vehicle. When I get one, I don't care if it's just a different vehicle. The, probably the first thing I look for is where's the headlights at. Second I look for is where's the emergency flasher. Because if I can't find the headlights, I'm sure heck going to have to have that emergency flasher. So they're just about six, one, half a dozen of the other of which one's the most important. They're just no, no, no. Your equipment, especially your safety issues, safety items that's listed on that all cars have now. Emergency flasher has been around forever, but they also move them around on the dash, so you have to look for them. So with that, uh, what else you want to cover on the safety stuff? Because oh, we we hit safety stuff almost every week. You, you you have said it really well. The uh, and you say it every day. You say it every. We say this every time, but we'll say it again. Um, I know that people walking or biking along the side of the road can be a tremendous pain. Trust me, folks. I drive a tractor trailer around the city of Tucson, and I can tell you the challenges that come that that the normal motorist doesn't even begin to understand. Um, so that being said. Um, the bicyclist who may infuriate you to no end. I and I trust me, I've seen it a million times, literally a million times. Um, if you if that person gets if you hit that person, it is a game changing, life altering event. And it's just it could be a pedestrian, it could be a bicyclist, it could be. It could even be the dog, but when you have a collision and you're and somebody dies and there's a fatality situation, your life is going to be altered in ways that you don't even have any idea yet that they're going to be altered. And and Jerry spoke about it perfectly. You're in your you may be not convicted, you may be determined, you know, not at fault for the incident, but you get to know every day that you were involved with this event that's it, it, that emotional toll on you is huge i've dealt with people who have been in those situations and you know most people 
get rid of their car. It's it, amazingly the car they were driving that was involved in the event automatically gets sold because they can't stand to be around it because it's a, a 100% reminder. And it doesn't even matter the year. It could be a brand new car. It could be an old loved car. They It usually goes away because people can't emotionally detach themselves from the event. And it's a really, really difficult situation to be in. So I, as much as the frustration comes to wanting to drive over somebody yeah, turn down a different street, go a different direction, do something, because the, the, that event is is so catastrophic in your life, it, I can't explain it. Because unless you've been involved with it, you'll never know. And all I can say is, if you've never been involved with it, good for you, because you don't ever want to be involved with it. It's just that it's just that bad. So I, I know the five minutes, ten minutes, even an hour. Let's say it took you an hour to get around somebody. You may be so mad, and good Lord, if they outlawed coffee, what would we do then, right? <laughs> the, uh, mm-hmm. if, if it took you an hour to get, get around somebody, you were so fuming mad, I can tell you what would happen. You would go home. You would, you would vent like nobody's business. You would vent to everybody in your house. Then you would vent to everybody on your Facebook page. Then you'd vent to everybody on your Twitter page. And then you'd vent to everybody in, in, in every place you ever went to. So this event is going to travel with you, the event that you, you, know, it's, you waited behind somebody for an hour, for at least eight weeks. You're going to tell this story 17,000 times to 17 different people about how you had to wait an hour. Okay. Now, if you have a collision with that person, you're not going to be telling that story about how you ran over a bicyclist or a pedestrian. Trust me, you're not going to be wanting to advertise that, you know, that that was an inconvenience. You will talk about how inconvenienced you were and how that was a life-changing event and it was the end of the world. But when you have a collision with somebody, you're not going to be advertising that. Because, you know, people are going to be asking all these questions of why didn't you pull over? Why, how come you didn't do this? And now you're going to have to answer questions that you're not prepared to answer. And you yourself, you yourself are not going to be in a mental state to answer those questions. So, um, but at the end of that, after the hour, and you vent to everybody for eight weeks, you know what happens? You're going to go along with your life just the way you did. Nothing changes. You lost an hour of your life, and, yeah, maybe you missed something you know, maybe you missed an important phone call. I don't know. But odds are you'll be okay. If you have the collision with somebody, your life is not going to be okay. It just works that way. And I wouldn't know it unless I was in this industry and saw it on a daily basis because I get to deal with the people who have had that event and have to come look at their car or retrieve their car or deal with their insurance or whatever the case may be. And over the years, folks, I've seen a lot of them, and it's never good. It's just never good. So please, please, I know it's frustrating. I know it's so annoying that the world – you think the world is going to stop rotating, but it's just not worth it. It's turn down the different road, make a U-turn and go the other direction. I don't know. Go go back to go to get a coffee or something, because in that time the guy will be gone. So that's all. That's that's all I can say on that, Jerry. I mean, it's really it's tough to explain, but I try. Well, the main thing is just pay attention. Be a full-time driver, not a part-time driver. Uh, just remember what I said. You can look down at a text message. The guy in front of you may have spotted something that he, he needs to lock down. People, 
will lock a brake down to keep them running over a rattlesnake in a road. They'll lock it down <laughs> to keep them hitting a coyote. They'll lock it down to keep them hitting a javelina. Welcome to Tucson, Arizona. Uh, but you can't predict what the person in front of you or the person behind you or the person that's two vehicles in front of you that causes the guy in front of you to lock down because to three cars up, they, they spot a little dog. Have you ever been driving down a road and see a dog in a road, how everybody slows down? Well, if you're going to slow down, put your emergency flashers on them to let the people behind you know that, hey, there's an issue up here. And if everybody would do that, you know, so you let the puppy go on across the road or get the puppy out of the road, but at least everybody behind you would know there's something going on. And you just, that's what the flashers are for. It's a notification to the drivers of other vehicles. It's not you. It's the notification for the other people that's driving to advise them that there's an issue up here. You know, we don't know what the issue is. We don't know that, you know, four cars up, the guy decided he didn't want to hit a coyote that's standing in the middle of the road or running across the road. He locks it down, and then you have a chain reaction. And if you're texting, you're going to be the last one to get the message. So, heads up. All right. Now that we've uh, – I, I would say wasted half an hour or an hour almost – but it's not a waste. It's called a checkup from a neck up. We drive, we get complacent. Don't get complacent while you're driving. Everything is continuous. The vehicle is rolling. You've got four tires on the road or two tires on the road. They're rolling. That means there's motion. That means that you're either moving forward or you're done crashed and you're doing a 360 in the middle of the street because the spin out. So it's, and besides, if you're texting all the time, you can't see the potholes. <laughs> The roads that have been done are in pretty good shape. The roads on the outlying area or some of them in the, in town are horrendous. You know, we had some cold weather. We had a little bit of rain. And everything started popping up and breaking up. So, you know, let's give the county a chance to get caught up with the potholes. And your part is to dodge the potholes. That brings another safety issue. What happens when you see a big pothole? You, you don't. You don't change lanes just as fast as you want to. No, somebody else may be over in the other lane coming at you, and you didn't even see him because you wasn't paying attention. Driving is a full-time job. Medications, you can take medications, and it'll say right on the bottle, do not operate equipment or drive while taking this medication, but yet you have to have it. Then... Believe it or not, you can get a ticket for, uh, what do they call it when you drive it on medication? It's, it's similar to a DUI. It's driving under the yeah. influence is what it is. Yeah. Driving, driving under the while influence. impaired. Driving while impaired. There you go, impaired driving. So for the ones I've been taking medicine, and this gets on up to mostly senior citizens, people, you know, I'd say 50 and up. Uh, they'll they'll have medications like the heart medications or diabetes medications, uh, di different medications. But you need to know the medications that you're on. You need to drive accordingly. If it says don't drive it and you get ready to get in your car and your head's kind of swimming a little bit and you go, wow, I feel kind of weird, 
uh, maybe that's not the time to go to the grocery store. So it's it just, it's a checkup from a neck up, but it's something that's very, very serious, especially when you're driving. You can't go to sleep while you're driving unless you're not driving. And, you know, if you're a passenger, but if you, when you take these vacations, you take these little trips, if you'll just, I'm, we got cars that'll go 450 miles on our tank of fuel. Uh, you don't want to go 450 miles because one, you're going to be, you're going to be tired when you get out of the car. Uh, your reaction time is going to slow down because you are tired. And if you change drivers every two hours, then you're going to be in pretty good shape when you get to where you're going. I've done it. I have tried it. It works. And you won't catch this old boy driving five or six hours anymore. I, I don't do it. I'm not like Jim where you get out and run forever and ever. And by the way, when you drive a lot on the road, over the road, your stamina is better, but you do get worn completely out. So... That's well, that, I don't, that's my story. I, I don't sticking I, to it. I I don't drive hours and hours, Jerry. I drive I drive for a while and I have to stop and get out um and walk. Um it's 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 uh because I it as an old guy you get stoved up behind the wheel, but getting out and exercising and just getting a little circulation through your body um they they say that the dry, sedentary driving, sedentary sitting in an office is the worst thing you can do. Um, it's the worst for your right. leg circulation. It's the worst for your for your your back. It's it's uh, it's not good. So, um, getting out and and taking a quick a break um, allows you to relax and, and gives you a gives you a new um a little bit more um uh, awareness so and it's always good to get well, out and get a breath you, of fresh air if you sit there and look at your mirrors you look at the left mirror center mirror rear mirror uh right uh mirror if you'll do that while you're driving one it keeps your brain attuned to what you're actually doing uh, sounds stupid but it was another survey that was heavily done and they find and they find this stuff out so look at your mirrors on a regular basis. They recommend it every, if you're listening to the radio. As uh, soon as a song is over, check your mirrors. And it, that's about a three-minute span, and that keeps your brain attuned to what you're actually supposed to be looking at instead of a white line. That'll get you in trouble. All right, we're out of time for the first hour. Uh, for the ones of you on the tickets, uh, good luck with that. And we've got two more coming up on the second hour. You're listening live to the Simmons Car Show with Jim and Jerry. We'll be 